Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. With Renault, official car partner of the GAA, driving passion for sport and communities throughout Ireland and abroad. We may not be able to get in on the sporting action like we're used to, but we can get in on some exclusive offers from Renault. To celebrate their second year as official car partner of the GAA, Renault is offering a range of special offers on their new and used vehicles, exclusive to all GAA club members. So now you can take home the win right to your door. Check out Renault.ie forward slash GAA to find out more. A, a, a grain, all right. A, a grain, all right. If you want to tip the scale, just remember that then. And a small bit of a needle there. But come on, Mayo, you've got to get Andy Moran into the game. Listen, big green, and now they're really roaring. And I can tell you, tell you, that there won't be a cloud milk to declare for at least a week. And so it is that the expected came to pass. Mayo were brilliant in patches, they were brave and committed and chiselled out some great scores, but Dublin are outstanding. They showed again why they are the greatest team in the history of Gaelic football. They sliced Mayo open for two goals and showed the composure of champions in the end game. Hello, everyone. You're very welcome to the Irish Examiner Gaelic Football Show. My name is Paul Rouse, and I'm joined here today, as usual, by Ushin McConville, the former Armagh footballer, and by Kieran Sheehan, the Cork footballer. And we're also joined by special guest, former Mayo manager Stephen Rochford, who is currently coach and selector with Donegal. We'll be reviewing the full championship in a while, but we are, of course, going to start with the final. Kieran, why did Dublin win? Um, I suppose the, the the same things were kind of were standing out that we we're kind of talking about Dublin all year really. Um, you know, power, pace, physicality. Um, you know, down the middle, going at Mayo, and and goals. <laughs> the two goals just proved vital at, at crucial times. Um, and Joe, look, we we talk about you know composure, leadership, decision making, all these different elements you know that that are associated with this Dublin team. Um, but what was evident was you know even when Mayo seemed to rattle Dublin, you know, particularly on, on, on their own, on, on Dublin's kickouts. Um, and even when McDade went off, you know, there was still the composure to just, as you said before, stick to the process, you know, no signs of panic whatsoever, um, doing the simple things right. Um, you know, even around midfield, you know, when, when that long kickout was going, was going out and, and Mayo were getting on top, they still, you know, set up really well defensively. You know, there was no way Mayo were going to get a goal. Um, and it was just, it was impressive to watch it unfold. Um, but again, nothing that we hadn't seen before, you know. Um, but I suppose I mentioned last week about, about winning moments in the game. Um, and there was, there was a couple of them. Um, like in particular, I suppose the, the one that really stood out for me was, was a kickout, uh, a Mayo kickout. And John Small was up against Aidan O'Shea. And he just made it his, you know, dying ambition to, to disrupt the kickout and, and get the ball to ground. 
And in turn, you know, Aiden, you know, gave away a free kick and, and, and it's a score for, for, for Dublin. And I thought that was just a crucial time in the game. Um, and I thought that, you know, it, it was moments like that that I mentioned last week that Mayo needed to win. Unfortunately, they didn't, you know. Um, and it, another example is probably that the Fitzsimons one with Keegan, even though, you know, arguably a free, but um, certainly a, a moment in the game that I know, you know Dublin would have got energy from. But... Um, Look, I suppose another another facet was probably the midfield dominance. Um, you know, we spoke about it last week, but I thought, you know, for all the ball Mayo had in that first half, I think the last quarter of the game, um, I thought Dublin, I thought Brian Howard when he came in was was excellent. Um, made a big difference. Fenton caught a ball, like a couple of big balls, as did John Small. Um, I thought that aerial dominance kind of started to show, particularly in the last quarter. Um and look, I suppose, you know, as you said, you, you, could, you, could, you could go through it and analyse it all day, but it was those key uh, moments in the game, but also the, the, the composure, the decision-making, um, and particularly even the younger guys, you know, that really kind of, you know, like Paddy Small on numerous occasions, you know, a guy that would really go at a player. He did it a couple of times, but he had the, the nose to, you know, turn around and just pop that simple ball back to Kilkenny or, or Conor Callan, who was waiting behind him. And... Uh, I just think it was it was it was evident throughout the whole game that 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 efficiency um, allowed Dublin to you know always kind of just you know come back into the game and increase the gap. Oshin, you were at you were at the match. Uh, the, we had spoken a lot about the matchups last week. Will you talk us through the matchups? And is there anything that surprised you in the matchups? Um. Well, I suppose the matchups weren't the matchups that we thought of last uh, last week. So, first thing is to hold our hands up and say, you know, we got a lot of them wrong. But uh, the most interesting ones for me were the Kilkenny one, obviously, which uh, Barrett went on to Kilkenny, Oshin Mullen went on to uh, Conal Callaghan. Uh, we give end up giving Conal Callaghan a match, but I thought Oshin Mullen was... I thought Ashley Mullen was really good. Uh, Especially I really in the enjoyed, first half. Yeah, I really enjoyed his performance, you know. Um, uh, matchups in the middle of the field were weird. Uh, uh, Damon O'Connor went on Brian Fenton to begin with, and then they seemed to swap after the after the first water break, or maybe even shortly after that. Uh, and Rowan went on to Fenton and, and Dermot O'Connor went on to, went on to uh, McCarthy. But I... <laughs> I'm not sure how, how that uh, how that switch came around because I actually thought that O'Connor was doing a serious job on 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 Fenton early on. Uh, I don't know if they were more worried then about McCarthy and and that's the problem. Do you know what I mean? You plug one hole and another one another one starts to spill out. So uh, and the Mayo uh, match or the, the Dublin matchups on Mayo were kind of interesting as well in the backline. Well, Fitzsimons went on on O'Connor, and yeah, he, he really, really struggled. You know, he struggled, he struggled, uh, he struggled really badly. I thought, and uh, and then it was a switch made. I can't remember who who ended up. Davy Byrne was there for a while as well, wasn't he? Davy Byrne went on to killing O'Connor towards the end of the game. Yeah, uh, but I think there was a switch even in between that. So uh, that was that didn't surprise me that the matchup it just surprised me how how poorly and and how easy uh, killing O'Connor was getting room. Uh, but I thought Mayo's matchups were good. I think give us those statistics from the game. Give us those statistics when we talked on Thursday. 
214. Yeah, we'll take that. Uh, how good Mayo were in their own kickouts for most of the game. Uh, and how they absolutely dismantled the Cluxon's kickouts and for the first, whatever, 40 minutes or whatever it was. Um, give me all of those things and, and, and I'd, I'd snap your hand off. So I think Mayo got a lot of things right. Uh, and sometimes, you know, in order to, to analyse a game, you sort of have to forget about the result almost for a second. So, uh, as I say, if, if, if Mayo, if, if you were giving Mayo all of those things uh, before the game, I think they had one wide in the first half, but they had three or four in the keeper's hands. And uh, they were they were killer moments. The Matthew Ruan one. And when you're dominating possession against Dublin, it reminded me we played in a, an All-Ireland semi-final in 2000 against Kerry. And we absolutely owned the ball. Owned it for uh, 35 minutes. And uh, I think we went in maybe a point up or it was a draw. I'm not sure. But uh, we paid the price heavily for that because when we were on top of them, we just weren't making the most of the chances. It sort of reminded me a little bit of that, even as it was happening in front of me A's. Um, but uh, me have got so many things right and they get in and around them and they, uh, they didn't back, they didn't, they didn't take one backward step, none of them. And uh, I thought it was a very manly and courageous performance from Mayo. And I hope that doesn't sound patronising because that's not the way it's meant. It's meant to be, uh, in fact, anything but patronising. Uh, but they just didn't have the stuff to finish it off. I looked at the bench and the bench is not bad. You know, if you think of uh, Carr coming off the bench and Cohen, those two guys played, like, uh, Carr started last year in the... In the league final as well. Yeah, in the league final as well. Uh, and he... he he had a pretty good game for, again, 35, 40 minutes. So uh, I thought they had a little bit of strength and depth, but uh, big calls. I, I, still, I still come back to it, and I know we didn't have enough time yesterday to talk about it, but the big calls the big calls went against Mayo and were massive in the game. That Like the, the Fitzsimons one, you know, it's a free, right, first and foremost, but it's possibly a, it's possibly a sending off. Uh, if it happens... On the other end of the field, I think there's a good chance of sending off, and that's how that's how strongly I feel about it because, um, because we're, we're like I, I've seen I've seen tackles very similar to that being punished at club level this year, and the referee will come to you and he'll say, "Listen, it's dangerous play." Do you know what I mean? And it was an inexplicable decision, though, wasn't it? Because it's not not just to give he, the free, yeah, not to like give the he free. didn't. It, it's if we, we leave aside whether it's a red card or a yellow card or not, but. It's not just that he didn't give the free. He saw uh, because he was blindsided and didn't see the incident. He waved as if to say, "This is fine." So he he sanctioned the fa- the tackle the way he went about it. From what I could see of it, it was it was kind of extraordinary. Yeah, and you can't say he hadn't kept up with the play. He was he was like he w- he was a couple of yards away from it. Yeah, you know. Um, but I just thought that that that, that call in particular went against him, and I thought uh, Johnny Cooper could have had a black card as well. Uh, no, it's not as as definitive as the as the um the, the tackle in Lee Keegan, but uh, it's still a major moment in the game. If uh if the if Simons even gets a black card, you know they're down to thirteen, uh, albeit for two minutes. But I still think that that makes a huge difference. I think in the second half, you know, you talk just go back to the matchups. 
uh, in the second half, they put James McCarthy on to Kevin McLaughlin and he just run he just run him. You know, and Kevin McLaughlin wasn't really in the game anyway, but uh, they obviously had targeted him at half time and they put McCarthy over on him and McCarthy never bothered with him really at all. You know, he, he picked him up all right, but he his his intent was to get forward and, and uh, influence the game going the other way. Um the ten minutes after half time, Stephen, it wasn't the same as last year in the semi-final where Dublin blitzed with goals and points, but it was definitive really in the context of the match. Oh, absolutely. I mean, um, watching it, you were saying these boys have gone through this scenario umpteen times in, in training. You know, you can just picture them in DCU, you know, making the pitch as big as possible, using Stephen Cluxton as the, the 14th outfield player. Uh, and they were just sucking down the clock. They were able to play it. I do think at, the, at, at that time, um, you know, uh, Mayo's inability to win possession uh, and, and, and probably create restarts, you know, play it against them. And, and, and a big part of that was, I, I thought, you know, when, when she was talking there about the success that, that um, Killian was getting inside, I thought a lot of that came from the, the, the first half that Ryan O'Donoghue was getting at centre forward. I thought he caused yeah. absolute havoc. Uh, and Dublin really struggled, uh, I think, into the water break. Now, again, not being at the game, it's sort of, I felt that maybe they might have pushed out Owen Merchant maybe at the, wa- at, the, at, at the water break to pick him up and it sort of, they had a good battle and then either Ryan ran out of, uh, out of steam or, you know, as Dublin suffocated the, them with the ball. And in that then, uh, that we weren't as, um, we weren't as constructive from the, from, from the middle of the field and Dublin just got into the case of holding the ball getting guys into the game. Brian Howard obviously took, took, took up uh, a much more um, uh, strong position having come on, to, uh, on at halftime. And as, as um, uh, Oshin alluded there, the likes of James McCarthy and Brian Fenton also in that middle third just, just started to really physically impose themselves. Um, and, 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 and that's what, what Dublin can, can, can do. And I think... You know, when, when Mayo will look back on it, they'll, they, they, they'll see this as um, certainly a missed opportunity and because holding um, Dublin to 16 scores, appreciate 216 is 20 points, um, but Dublin didn't score for the last 15 minutes of the game. Um, uh, Mayo only scored once in the final quarter and, and, and in that they, they still have plenty of ball. As, as you said, we had three or four balls into the goalie's hands in the first half and we had another three in the second half, then seven shots. Not alone, you're not missing them, but you're giving Dublin easier restarts um, because you're not getting time to set up on the kickout, which they had good, um, or they good value from, and they had good opportunities to get their structure right. Um, and and then the likes of the Killians and the Aidens and the Tommy Conroys, James uh, Cares, they're now having to, to 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 run back the field to try and get a defensive shape, and it's just taking energy from the team. Well, I think we I think we called we called the. Uh... Tommy Conroy won the other day and we said the game might swallow him up and uh, that's sort of what happened and do you know if, if they could have got him into the game do you know there's a couple of I, I sort of felt sorry for him because he got the ball a couple of times and he was just uh, he was just suffocated yeah you know what I mean he wasn't able to get that shot off and then he tried to force one he was blocked and confidence started to drain from him a little bit and then obviously you know they, they, they take him off because you know they can't keep uh, they can't keep hoping that it's going to happen, but uh, you know, like 
Tommy Conroy. Like, I, I just think it was a very, it's very unforgiving. I think, you know, when we analyze this, we have to realize the likes of Ryan O'Donoghue, Oshin Mullen, um, McLaughlin, Conroy. We have to realize how young these guys are. Do you know what I mean? Like, I don't know about you guys when you were starting in your inter-county career, but I wasn't playing in all Ireland finals. I'm still and... waiting, Oshin. <laughs> uh, it, might, it might happen. You never know. But, uh, the, 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 you know, I would have said that when I look at the way they've been introduced at this stage, I would have said my introduction to, to inter-county senior football was a breeze. Do you know what I mean? Because, as I say, you know, it's just it's the microscope. Do you know what I mean? It's it's. I, I think some people who analyse the game have no appreciation for uh, just how young these guys are, how these guys are still finding their feet. It's just very, very unforgiving. And uh, and I felt sorry for a few of them yesterday because, as I say, like we're talking about baptism, I know they've played, but in that scenario, uh, when the dubs are putting you under that huge pressure and every little mistake is punished like oh McLaughlin leaving the ball behind him and he like he coughed up a few balls in the second half and then obviously Tommy Conroy not getting into it Ryan O'Donoghue yes he was he was on the ball that made a few mistakes dropped one short as well I think but uh it's just very very unforgiving I mean like think how you think it was a mistake though lads do you think it was a mistake that Colin Boyle Donny Vaughan Keith Higgins Tom Parsons and Seamus O'Shea who are in the squad what would they have done in the last 15 minutes of that game? Seamus, uh, Stephen can, can verify it, but uh, <laughs> uh, I don't know if Seamus O'Shea is, is fit or not. Is fit or not. I'm, surely if he was fit, he'd be, he'd be straight in the middle of the field. That's what I thought. I just presumed he wasn't fit. I think, I think when you saw it, I think Tom Parsons was the midfield cover as such. And then obviously Jeremoth starting the team also provided cover and Aiden maybe going to the middle of the field. So so maybe carrying two midfielders on on on, on the on the bench uh um probably was uh, probably doesn't add up in the in the numbers wise. Probably was probably surprised that Keith Higgins didn't didn't show uh for, for maybe the last 25 minutes or so just just his his pace, you know, three or four of those those, those runs. Um, so that's it. I, I, I think you know, uh, Cullum obviously is, has been recovering from from a, a cruciate injury from the earlier part of the year, and and, and just probably hasn't just had a a, a run. So, yeah, I, I I do think you know um, that that you know, and Dublin obviously had retirements, but Brendan Harrison, Jason Doherty as well were two two big losses for 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 a, a team that don't have as wide a pool. And, and Paddy Durkin at halftime, massive, yeah, you know. Um, so, so when you're looking at three or four of those, as I'm not saying all of them should start, but it might give you a mix there with, um, with some of those young guys that were playing in their first games, just to be able to ask different questions of of, of Dublin. Um, but no, they, we certainly didn't get the same punch off the the bench that that, that Dublin got. Kieran, is Conor Callaghan the best forward in Gaelic football? Yes, I would say he's in the top top three best Gaelic footballers in, Who in the country. Who else is there? Um, Kilkenny's there with them, with him. In in, in my eyes, um, Clifford. 
they're, no, they're I'm, I'm being very I'm being very forward biased there in relation to yeah, but they're the we're, yeah they're, they're the best three forwards. We'll say and get I, it. I would say at the moment, based on on what I've seen, um, but but again, uh, this year was a strange year in terms of preparation and how guys were coming out, going to come on and, and improve. Um, but what I'd say about about Dublin is I, I thought they'd done it really well, and we kind of mentioned we touched on this over the last couple of weeks as well around how their team can play in any position, right? All the defenders, even the forwards at this point um, are comfortable out, out the field. Um, and I thought they they used that really well uh, yesterday. I thought their their ability to get guys in mismatches as such throughout the game. Um, you know, I found that in the second half, I thought Killian O'Connor was playing very, very deep. Um, just wasn't close to goal where, you know, he's, he's so deadly. Um, I thought they... They brought him out and, and kind of kept him out um, as far as possible. You saw Davy Byrne was almost playing, you know, uh, you know, in the Dublin attacking half at times. Um, even even for the goal, even for the first goal, you know, that was a planned move. There's no doubt about it. Um, you know, James McCarthy's leg speed versus Aidan O'Shea. You know, you know, is that something that's that's going to cause him trouble? It did, um, and I think that was something they identified. Um, but throughout the game, I thought they're, you know, they're, they're able to move between, you know, different positions. They're able to confuse guys, you know, and then Mayo's inexperience. They probably identified that and they thought, you know, let's let's test these guys. Let's test these younger guys. Now, to be fair, I thought, as, as Oshin said, you know, Oshin Mullen, to be fair, I thought he looked very, very comfortable. Um, and I thought he was very comfortable throughout the whole game, to be honest. Um, but, you know, the likes of uh, McLaughlin, maybe, you know, it's, 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 a, it's, it's an All-Ireland final, you know haven't been there before you know Tommy Conroy you know it's 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 a very difficult position to be in um but I thought Dublin exploited that um in relation to moving moving guys around you know getting guys to areas that they're not totally comfortable in and likewise if you try to do that to Dublin they're comfortable in every position and that's just the reality of where Dublin are at at the moment I, I'll I'll pose another question here Brian Howard well the minute Brian Howard came on the pitch it was a different game how is Brian Howard not starting on the Dublin senior football team? Well, <clears throat> my understanding is I think he picked up a bit of a back injury during the summer. And I think it, um, I think it really influenced his ability to be able to train when they came back. Uh, and I think he sort of was, they were, they were just bringing him, bringing him. I think uh, a fit Brian Howard makes that team all day long. Uh, yeah. and, and, and himself and Niall Scully offer that uh, sort of, they, they, they sort of offer nearly like um, they, they become nearly like four midfielders then with with Howard and, and and Scully coming in there and they're able to link and they're able to cover uh, the halfbacks getting forward and then by them coming that little bit deeper that creates the natural space for Khan and for Kieran Kilkenny and and Rock and and, and Emmanuel or a Paddy Small and you know you're you're able to you you know you're typically able to know this stuff, haven't watched them a couple of times, and it's still very difficult to um, to, uh, to to put up the roadblocks against it. And I think the big thing that, that, that happened as well with Brian Howard coming in is that it now gave Mayo uh, another difficulty in relation to the kickout, and that all of a sudden they they had the ability to, 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 to push James McCarthy and, and, and Fenton and Howard into different positions uh, for the kick out and two, two, like there was a couple of big moments in Kieran spoke about them earlier, but there was two fetches, one from Brian Fenton and one by Brian Howard all over underneath the, the, the Cusick side, which were just really sort of 
for us, you're sort of saying, oh, you know, you, you just wanted to see that ball breaking and it becoming a scrap and just trying to, to chip away. Um, but there were just two big, two, another two big moments in the game. And Dublin, I think, you know, their, their fingerprints were all over the big moments in the game. You know, we've spoken about the two goals, obviously, were, were, were big. The Mick Fitzsimons uh, hit was the big moment in the game. The rights and wrongs of it are, are another debate as such. Um, and the, th- those two primary possession moments sort of coming in towards the final stretch. If Mayo were going up and fetching those and coming on the front foot, that would just, you know, you'd pull the half-back line with you in relation to, to attacking. But, but Dublin just sort of were able to hold it. And you could see they took them as marks, they settled things out and they just went through their, 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 their routine again. If we, we have acknowledged here for many weeks the skills of the Dublin footballers and just how talented a team they are. Can I talk to you about their defensive nature, the manner in which they defend? And I'll ask the question whether you think they've become more defensive over the last couple of years and again this year? I, well, I, sorry, Bill, I, I, sorry. I, I, would, I, I wouldn't say they've become more defensive. What I, what I would say is they've, they've, they've got more structure in their defence now. They're more organised. Um, uh, they, they still attack. <laughs> There's no doubt about it. Um, but what, what I'd say is they've really tightened up their structure. That they have a clear idea of what their role is and they, they just go ahead and play it. So what I mean by that was like when they're playing at that level, the level they're playing at, discipline becomes a huge factor in your positioning, um, in how you tackle, um, you know, when you're playing at that level. And I just thought discipline to hold our shape, you know, at the right time, discipline to, to be the man to call a merchant back in to fill that hole, um, communication between, you know, Cluxon as Oshin Toshan, before you know Cluxton's probably unrelenting kind of you know communication with the six defenders all the time um, and that you do that over time it becomes a habit and I feel like you know this year in particular now over the last number of years but defensively this year even though we touched on it might be a weakness for Dublin this year it turned out it was actually the opposite where they've just really gelled and they know their role and they go out and they execute it um, and there's no questions asked um, and that, that's something that's really stuck out for me in Dublin and how they, they've pulled it all together. They're very organised, very structured, and they just they deliver on it. I think it's very much risk-reward risk with them as well. I think they recognise the opportunities for turnovers. If that turnover's not happened, they get bodies behind the ball at one stage. In the first half, they had 15 men inside their own, their own half, and, and uh, this has gone on now some time. Uh, they've had a, they had a steep learning curve themselves because... Uh, they got caught a couple of times. Play, you know, people were saying, you know, they're the ultimate football team. And maybe when you start listening to that, reading it, that you know they were playing a little bit, little bit more cavalier. But uh, the defensive structure, like Neil Scully, I couldn't believe how vocal Owen Marchant is in the, is on the pit, on the pitch as well, and how he organises a lot of things. I <laughs> I didn't see that one. I've never seen that one before. But just uh, how organ how much organisation he did and. Uh, and how important he is to the whole structure of things, Stephen. I, yeah, I do you know what. Um, watching the game last night, I actually thought defensively they were really good in the first half, and I just thought that with the place that they were struggling most was that center forward, center back area. I thought that's where, like, if you if you if, if you sort of break it down, um, they had a, they had I think three blocks 
in the first half uh, from, 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 from defenders. They had three or four really good turnovers where they got the numbers in uh, as well. I think when you take away, you know, if you, you sort of compare sort of last year and you're sort of saying, or, or any, any previous years, um, you know, Killian won one or two marks yesterday and, and, and in a situation that where the mark wasn't in it, he's probably getting bottled up. There's a second defender getting in there very, very quickly. It doesn't become a shot away. Um, and, and in that, I thought that where 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 um, Dublin were, were probably weren't at their at their best in the earlier part. Yes, I didn't think they seemed to be running as fluidly up front. I didn't think that they, you know they they had three or four wides before Mayo had any wide, and it looked a little bit rushed. So so for me, a team that goes through the championship not having conceded a goal yesterday, I think that they probably didn't even concede a goal chance. You know, Stephen Clarkson oh, certainly didn't make make didn't make a save. Um, and, and that might even be the same for, 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 for the Cavan game semi-final I think it's not that I think that they've become more defensive I think they've even sort of nearly become better defenders uh, and they're, they've obviously always been comfortable uh, in the situations in which they're left one-on-one but then they have a, a system that has evolved out of the defeat in 2014 and now they have the fluidity of being able to put in their plus one as you said, Oshin, that, that, that seems to have been Owen Merchant a bit more this year. Um, it's been Johnny Cooper. It's been Keen O'Sullivan. It'll be Brian Finton, uh, you know, and, and, and that's testament to, 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 to the flexibility and the personnel that they have. And with all the goodwill in the world, they have a couple of horrible individuals playing defence as well, which helps. Every team needs them, you know. Yeah, yeah there, there, there's nothing soft about Horrible them. as a, a, a football. I mean, yeah, like respectfully speaking. Yes. <laughs> well, it's a common. There's a ruthlessness about their defense, yeah. as well, which is which is undeniable, and it it's it's kind of hidden by this talk of the of all their skills. But there there is a ruthless streak in them, and and they do what they believe that's necessary to do to win. Can I ask you, Stephen, as as a as a coach of Donegal, is there anything from yesterday's game, either in what you saw of Dublin, or in the innovations? such as they were that Mayo brought to the game, that you can see a pathway that six in a row will not become seven or eight in a row. Is there anything that you can say that you would take from it? Oh, well, I think, you know, they're, 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 the one thing about, about it is, and, and I think I've, I might have heard you, Oshin, talking about between, in, in, in different lead-up, and not necessarily just, but there's the ability to sort of, you have to create a, a, a chaos, and certainly a chaos around the middle third of the, 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 the field, you got to make it uncomfortable. And, and that's not about, that's not a, you know, that's not any coaching manual as such, um, but you have to make it uneasy. Uh, and then, you know, out, out, out of the, 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 the ball that you'll win and the, the, the possession that you win, you, you need to be respectful of it and you need to then close out your attacks. Like I think Mayo, for all the good that they were doing, they left just too many balls uh, in Stephen Cluxton's hands. Like there was seven, I think six or seven, um, that really sucks the energy out of you. But what you, what you need to do, and it's 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 absolutely respect Dublin going into the game, but you can't respect them on the field if you know what I mean. And again, I mean that with all the respect. <laughs> but you you just can't stand back. You have to go at them. You have to match them up. You have to get physical with them. You have to ask all the questions. You may need got to make it dirty. A kick out time, you gotta really hurt getting to those breaking balls, and and that makes any team uncomfortable. No team, um, you know, 
the Barcelonas of the days, the, 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 the All Blacks in their pomp. Nobody likes it when, when you're dictating the terms. And that, that, I think, has to be the first thing that you strive to do if, if you're going to look to un, unsettle. Will it beat them? Well, it hasn't proven that it has yet. But I think as teams get better then with their skill approach, then that, 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 that hopefully then is, is, is what then tops it off. But the key ingredient is you've got to make this ugly on the opposition. Yeah. I uh, w- when I was just looking at it, and I was I was actually thinking that in my head. You know how how do you beat this team? Um, and I'd love to, I'd love to just know where they're. They've done this thing in Australia over the last couple of years, right? In in Australian rules football, about they release um, GPS data, live data throughout the game when you're watching the game. So you get your you know who's around the most kilometers, you know at what pace. Um, and I just, I'd, I'd love to, we're never going to get access to it, I don't think, but what their physical condition is like in relation to their fitness. Are they, you know, I know everyone's talking about, you know, teams being at that level fitness-wise and, you know, Mayo, you know, are at that level, but are they really in relation to, you know, you know, when the game's in the melting pot, you know, how much more do they have left in them? Um and I get by design and structure and how Dublin wear you down by holding possession, things like that, it takes it out of you. But are, are Dublin players doing an extra, you know, three, four K um, on average across the game? And that's something uh, I think teams, like you have to question, I think every year teams have to question where their fitness is at and is it at the, the level? Um, but, but I just think every time I go out and see Dublin, I just think they're, they're running, like even Oshin mentioned there about, you know, having 15 behind the ball and then all of a sudden they turn it over and their shape, their forwards are actually almost back in their, you know, two-two shape or you know ahead of the ball. So it's a case of just ripping back down the ground once they return over the ball, and all of a sudden, you know, they're able to do that, get the ball, and kick it over the bar. You know, whilst you know running that much, and it's just something that I kind of, I know, it stood out to me yesterday, and and even around another thing around pressure acts, um, which which I I define as you know a block, a tackle, a chase. Um, you know, winning a breaking ball, um, whether they have a system that actually, you know, defines their pressure acts individually. So they get a rating on, you know, how many, how many chases did you make? How many times did you curl a man down the line? You know, every time you do one of those, it's a tick. And is there a, a, a number, we'll say 80 pressure acts as a team that will get you over the line and see you, see you throughout the game? And is that number something they're, they're all chasing individually or as a team? And I think, I think a lot of what they do and how they play is based on pressure. And I don't know if it's, it's, it's not really talked about a whole lot, but I think, I, think it, I think they value it quite highly within that group. And that's something I think other teams are chasing, is that type or that level of pressure. And I think it's just, they're, they're kind of two things that really stood out, um, like, you know, in relation to chasing Dublin and getting to where they're at. But maybe maybe it sounds too easy to to, to say it out loud. But um, I certainly think it's something that they've really kind of perfected almost at this stage. Yeah, well, take it to the soft Hurley boys, and uh, when they're doing stats like it's hooks and blocks, you know that they a lot of that determines of how hard the team's working with us on the GPS. I remember uh, a number of years ago, Stephen. Uh, a GPS figure was released. Now, not the information, but uh, not the actual, uh, not a picture of it or anything, but we were told that Damon O'Connor had run 16.2 kilometers or something in a in a backdoor game in, 
in Castle Bar. Now, I remember going to Tony Mack and asking him. Uh, now, Tony grunted at me, so I didn't know if that was a yes or a no. But um, but there's a guy called Shami McGone. You've probably met him with, with Tony a couple of times, and he's uh, athletics background, and he... He tried to explain us how that was impossible that, that that he could do that, but GPS would be something that I would love to have a wee look at, and it's something that uh, they used to do it in, in Champions League matches and used to release it. And uh, but there's no way there's three or four kilometers uh, yeah. difference in them. Uh, but if even if it's if it's a kilometer with fifteen players, you know what I mean. This is the sort of thing that add, that adds up. I, um, I would say on, on to, it's, it's what I mentioned there oh, was, totally was, sorry, sorry around, around, no, around, around high speed running. You know, that's, that's yeah. something that I know teams really look at. Um, yeah. But, you know, is, is, there, is there even, you know, 600 to a kilometer difference in that is, is substantial, you know, throughout a game. Sorry. So just, yeah. yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. so like, like when you're looking at that, they're, they're first of all, six, six, 16 kilometers, not, not if he was there for <laughs> For, for 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 a month with with all the finest uh, supplements you could give. That was everybody, a lift into the match. Everybody, <laughs> everybody, everybody I met was saying that to me, was saying that, and uh, and so I went to Shami and he, he broke it down, and it meant running full speed, at, uh, doing two hundred meters to thirty seconds yeah. on the on the so, loop. You know, yeah, you weren't you 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 weren't allowing him have even half time. You no, know, to, to to keep going. Um, and 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 in in that as well, even to to largely think about it, um, all the stops in a game, you know, um, a substitution, uh, all of those break up that that that, that aspect. But like what what Kieran, what you what you're saying there, don't think there's two or three kilometers certainly in it. But in the high speed running, that that's a big thing. I do think. Um, um, we're not going to get into this, but Crow Park has a part to play in your ability to hit the high-speed running uh, elements, um, and also um, I think on their on their conditioning element uh, about it, um, they they're they're all very athletic. I know that's a little bit of a, a sort of cliche, but they've all got pace, and in that you know, be it Davy Byrne being stood up in the corner, I think they have a great ability to to be able to find their way out of there one on one. Just be able to drop a shoulder and go by a guy, uh, and that's a key part to be able to get out. And then you obviously have like clucks, and then comes and comes and helps you. But um, there's a the the, the I, I think there's a lot. There isn't much between teams on the condition. I think you know down in Cork they're going to they have been making big inroads. I think Keen O'Neill and and, and the like, the guy that's just back from Stad. I think it will will make massive inroads in that Cork yeah. squad. Yeah. Ken Smith, uh, big athletic boys would start to eat up ground. I think Donegal, Galway's, Mayo's, all those teams. It's something that's sort of within your control, and I think that's something that that the teams are going to continue to push on. Um, and D- Dublin obviously ha- had set the template, but they'll continue to to to, to catch up on that one. More great news for inter-county players. No, well, I was, I was just, thinking, I was just thinking about this. Is this is this this conversation? Do you think the game has become less joyous? So on Saturday in the Irish Times, Keith Duggan asked a question about whether it has all become too serious. And I'll read you what he wrote. And I think Ushin in particular, I'd like you to reflect on on what he has to say here. He said, when teams from the 70s and the 80s and the 90s meet for reunions. The bar remains their port of call. 
the session is their refuge. You have to wonder if the teams of today will, in 25 years' time, have for their reunion a triathlon weekend somewhere sunny, followed by a sit-down in a juice bar. It's true that habits change. A generation of players, arguably starting with Kieran McGinney's Armagh, came along and demanded a culture of totalitarianism from everyone in the group. Do you feel, Oshin, that you're to blame for taking a lot of the fun out of football? <laughs> yeah, I think that and defensive football. I think. Well, uh, I mean, that's I your fault as well, isn't it? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Between ourselves and Jerome, uh, we started the defensive stuff and, and then we took a lot of the fun out of it. Uh, like, it's not my fault the geezer does, doesn't smile. Like Benny Tierney, Benny Tierney used to say, uh, geezer does smile. He smiles first thing in the morning because he wants to get it out of the way. <laughs> Uh, and get on with the rest of his day, but um, I I don't think that that would be the case. You know that these modern teams, when when they when they when they move on and do whatever they do after the, after they play and they get together again, I think it'll be the same. I think they'll get together in a social environment, uh, and I think um, I, I wouldn't agree. My thinking on this at the moment is that uh, as much as we, we, we want to believe that inter-county uh, uh, players are slaves and all the rest of it I've, I've, I think I, I, I did read they were described as slaves at one stage but uh, these guys are enjoying it I mean I know a lot of club teams who are back doing a little bit of training and a lot of club teams who are back doing a little bit of training is at the, at the behest of the players the players want to get back and they want to do stuff because, well, particularly at the moment, there's damn all else to do. But um, I, your I lads back training. I think players are. Enjo- I think players are enjoying it. Um, I think players are enjoying it more than you know. I think there was more joy in in Dublin yesterday than a lot of people would suggest. Uh, and those male players are devastated. But you know what? They're going to come back because they're going to. They want to. They want to taste that. They've. Like if you if you if you if you if you continue to get that close, eventually that door is going to open for you. And uh, I played on an Armagh team that couldn't open that door. And eventually, lucky enough, in two thousand and two, we went through the year. We had no injuries. We had the bounce of the ball, all those sort of things. And we won in All Ireland, and uh, that's effectively why players play the game. But that doesn't mean that it defines everything about about them not to win in All-Ireland or not uh, to win things. Uh, it doesn't matter what sport you have. You have to have uh, teams who are striving to do that. And I think uh, once we have that, I think there's, there'll be plenty of joy in Gaelic football. But I, don't, I wouldn't agree that the, the joy's gone out of it completely. Yeah, I don't either. But where, where is where is the future of football? Like where, where, where is the game going based on what you've seen in this year's championship? Like is the game changing? Have there been tactical innovations this year? Yeah, I don't think you know football has has been stagnant for for some time. I think uh, every year brings something different. Uh, I suppose the one thing that that probably has maybe got out of hand a little bit is is uh, teams striving for bigger bigger players. You know, play. I said a couple of years ago that um, I think it might even be worse at one stage because I think Barray and McHugh. You know what I mean, and he was salvation for all small footballers playing all over the all over the country. Was that it was possible? 
But I think, you know, this thing of getting bigger, stronger, faster, I think uh, it's time to sway more towards the athleticism. Yes, you have to be strong, but you don't have to be big and strong. You have to be fit to ride the tackles. The most important thing is you need to have the endurance to get through a season, you know, to not pick up to not pick up those injuries. And, like, if you, consi- if you consider how much uh, sports science has had an effect on the game, uh, the biggest thing I would say is that, you know, like, I remember first year in lacrosse, and that's not that long ago, I can't remember, it's first year I uh, managed myself and John, I think we had 17 hamstring injuries. And we went about how we were going to sort that out. Do you know what I mean? First of all, the club were going mental about physio bills, but, uh, but we had to sort that out, so we had to take it away and we had to get somebody to... Uh, to cater for that, to help us um, with warm-ups, all those sort of things. But um, sports science has helped that because like many hamstring injuries that we see now, and it's usually the, the, the older players who are, who are picking up these uh, niggly injuries. The niggly injuries don't seem to be keeping players out of the game in the way, uh, in the way it used to. So uh, that's the way I see it developing. But I think, you know, there is a... a I think... Uh, there'll be a strong sway towards more athleticism rather than getting bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger. I think the big thing there, Paul, is that, um, that the, the key ingredient for, 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 for it is speed. Speed now, I think, is the, is, is the main thing because it's the most difficult thing to coach. Um, and, and the guy that has the natural speed, you, you, you can work on him with, with, with a lot of things. I think even from Owen McLaughlin uh, playing with Mayo, I think the you know, perfect example that uh, he came with, um, you know, his underage background as such was cycling, but his um, just playing schools football was, was how he sort of came on the, on the radar in the last two years. And um, you, you see speed for him has, has helped give him a platform and that guy will improve. I've no doubt over the next 24 months and hopefully he'll be a, a, a real, a, a real, a uh, option for, for Mayo into the in, in, into the future but speed I think is the first thing now that's 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 looked at um, uh, for, by, by, by people when they're looking at new guys Kieran, do you think it was a good championship? I do I do absolutely uh, considering considering everything that's gone on this year you know I really enjoyed you know watching the games I thought there was some you know some great football on show Um Thought it was a, it was, you know, you saw a lot of new faces. Um, you saw different styles of play, you know, between more defensive, more attacking. Um, you know, some great individual battles throughout every game. Um, I certainly felt it was, it was it certainly brought myself great joy anyway throughout the whole year on, on what is was has been quite a difficult year. So, absolutely, um, you know, I, I really enjoyed it. I think it's. As Oshin said there with the athleticism and stuff, I, I think, you know, it's it's only going to get better. Um, and athleticism and speed from Stephen as well, like, you know, in relation to, to you know, the enhancing the game, you know, the skill and all that will be developed. But in relation to athleticism um, and, you know, endurance, I think that's going to really start to, to be pushed now again. Um, the, the, the question is there around, you know, uh, in 10 years time, how how far how far can guys be pushed in relation to time and you know you know their work and you know outside of sport you know what and that's it's a whole other conversation I understand that but um, I certainly think this year has been has been great um, some some great talent on show um, Pity Corka didn't didn't kick on from a 
a great victory over Kerry. I thought I'd just get that in there. Um, but, um, <laughs> but uh, you know, look, uh, it was an exciting chance. We, we will actually get we will actually get this in here now. So let's let's do our. Uh, we we've a massive award show with prizes for everyone who gets <laughs> awards here. But um, player of the year, who's the best player in the championship this year? I had Kilkenny. Um, for me, I thought he was, uh, along with being you know central to how Dublin played our game. I thought again it came back to efficiency um, and quality. Uh, between scoring, I thought he really added that strength to his body this year in relation to, you know, he was getting on the scoreboard a lot more. Um, but I just thought, I, again, off the ball, off the ball, his ability to tackle and chase, um, I thought was was outstanding throughout the whole year. Um, Any so, objections so to Kieran Kilkenny, lads? Uh, I couldn't believe the stat yesterday when, when I heard that he hadn't scored against Mayo previously until yesterday. Mm-hmm. I thought it was amazing. But uh, I would have went for Brian Fenton, but like it's very hard to argue with Kieran Kilkenny. Yeah, I would have gone with Kieran Kilkenny, but I would say that Dublin, you know, I think the most influential outfield player is James McCarthy. Um, and yesterday, when they weren't at their at their best uh, in in the first half, I think James was, was the guy that was pulling fellas out. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely, like I know, I know myself. Twenty seventeen, we had them on, on on the ropes. James McCarthy stood up with two points yeah. in that second half. So you know he's he's been doing it over over a decade now. Uh, so yeah, Kieran Kilkenny for for, for for the year. But the forwards always get these these gigs anyway. Yeah, you know? yeah. <laughs> um, I I think if the uh, if the final had played out a little bit differently, Patrick Durkin would have been. Paddy Dorkin would have been very close to it in the end, but um, if it, as, as it was, I think Kieran Kilkenny, young player or new player of the year. Oshin, do you want to lead this one out? I go for Oshin Mullen. Uh, I thought he did enough all year uh, to, to to warrant that award. Uh, I, th- I think, you know, we have to just have to talk about it. He has pace, he's athleticism, he's, he's learning the game. Uh, I don't know definitively what his best position is, but uh, I think I imagine he's a future number six, and uh, and I just thought he was he was outstanding. It's a, it sounds a, a contradiction whenever he, he spent most of the time on Conor Callum, but uh, I thought he I thought Oshin Mullen was very good, and I think that that has added to the performance he's had all year. So Oshin Mullen for me, lads. Uh, Tommy Conroy for 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 me. Uh, I know yesterday I didn't go. Didn't go the way he would have he would have liked us, um, but uh, I, I thought I thought Tommy, um, because I, I think when, when I reflect on 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 Oshin's performance, I think he, his performance was better sort of out in the middle third of the field yesterday, where Bobby if I was looking at him and thinking of him in the full back line, um, but I, I I thought Tommy had a, uh, you know he he assisted Killian well in relation to to to, to gain attention, and I think he's a, he has a bright future for himself. Kieran, both both of those names are the two that, that first sprung to mind as well. Um, just went with Oshin, um, based on uh, I suppose uh, his maturity that he showed. Um, I thought as the championship went on, he just grew with every game. Um, and, and just to mention Tommy, I think I think he's going to be an outstanding player as well. But I just thought you know still a small bit raw um, as you'd expect for you know a young lad that you know is super talented, but. In, in relation to Oshin, I just thought, you know, a couple of contests even, like he showed a bit of grittiness that, you know, uh, um, 
you know, you wouldn't really expect from a younger guy. And I just thought, as as Oshin said there, I think he's going to be a serious defender uh, moving forward. I think there's so much, so much room for improvement. Um, and that's a scary thought for any team coming up against against him if if he's uh, if he's going to. Yeah. It's two one, Stephen. So we'll go with Oshin Mullen on on that one. The shock of the year. What was the shock of the year? Oops, Stephen, you want to you want to retire now? No, it's 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 further down the line for me. But anyway, uh, I I'll go with I'll go with the, the first tip. Tip for me was the 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 shock of the year. To be honest, I I thought um with all Cork having come out of the the, the Kerry game um were were well primed to uh, go and win it. And I think that the shock is that, you know, Tipperary just dominated that game from, from, from full whistle. And I, I, I didn't see that coming. Um, uh, I knew Tip would, 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 would give uh, as good as they got, but I, I, I sort of, maybe the shock is Cork's performance, Sorry, Kieran, in, 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 in the final. <laughs> but, you know, Tip, Tip dominating that game probably was the, the, the shock for me. Calvin for me, uh, on a continuous basis from Monaghan to come back from 10 points down against Down and then finish it off against Donegal. So, uh, Calvin for me. To be agreeing with you here, Sheen, on that one. Um, I, I just thought based on, you know, um, I suppose there was a lot of talk about, you know, Tip not fearing Cork and um, it potentially being a dangerous one because of the the upset in the game previously that, you know, something could have been coming. Um and as much as, as we tried to prepare for it, it, it didn't end up going away. But I thought Cavan, as Oshin said, throughout the whole championship, I thought were were just a team that I, I didn't see, you know, really springing into the championship the way they did. Um, and I thought consistently they just shocked me throughout the championship. Um, so for me, yeah, I'll go Cavan. Uh, this is this is actually this is madness. I'm wondering what I'm doing here. Kerry, Kerry got to the All-Ireland final last year. They held the greatest team of all time, brought them to a replay. They just won the league and they go over to play a Division 3 team, an up-and-coming county, oh, come on. Who, come on. who stunned them. Surely that has to be the shock of the year, Cork beat and Kerry. No, I think we Talk. predicted that. I think myself and Kieran predicted that. Oh, you, so. <laughs> you most certainly didn't predict anything. <laughs> you, you were too busy recovering from the shock of the mean result. <laughs> Which will be coming back to, by the way. Um, the most exciting moment or the, your favourite moment in the championship? For me, oh, was, this uh, is easy for you. The, Come on. the, the, the car It's easy enough one for me, I think. The car click yeah. goal for me, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah uh, for for as a, an exciting moment, it was the car car. The last sixty seconds, I think. Listen to it. I, I think. Oh, geez, I was worried that I think I thought Jerry Kenning was going to have a stroke when the when the when the, when the ball went into the, the back of the net. Um, but it was it was it was you know two or three times they looked to have broken through in the shot and then it was recycled and then Luke Connolly had the had the shot and Mark Keane did did, did did fabulous well to to put it. But it was um. Yeah, that was an exciting moment because it was like what just happened, you know. Um, so no, that would be the exciting moment. Yeah, same as that. I, I actually had the game recorded because I was away and I come back into the house. I think there was five or ten minutes left in the game, and uh, I was going to start watching from the start. And, and the wee fella said, No, you have to come in and you have to watch this. So, watch the last ten minutes of him, and it was unbelievable. <laughs> I have to say, it was, uh, it was brilliant. The uh, referee of the year. 
easy for me. Paul Falloon. He refereed Cavan and Antrim and he refereed on the 20 final yesterday. He's the best up and coming referee in the country by a mile. Uh, he lets the game go and uh, he's sensible and uh, he's just an excellent referee. Uh, David Goff the best referee in the in, in, uh, uh, the senior uh, order <clears throat> at the moment. Um, he's just he's very very consistent, and I think he's you know he's um, you know he he's not fooled by 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 by, by people. Um, so I, I think David Goff remains the still the, the most consistent best referee. I'd have to agree with you there, Stephen. Um, and just just a big thing for me as a player, like, you know, when you see a referee communicating to the player and he's completely aware of the decision he's making and he makes that absolutely clear to the player, I think that's that holds a lot of weight. Um, but I think the way he refer, referees the game, you know, he doesn't get a whole lot wrong, um, which is, which is you know, admirable in, in, in a game that's so intense and so quick at the moment. But um, yeah, save a for me. Pundit of the year. Machine. Well, I couldn't. I, I couldn't pick. It was a toss up between uh, two young fellas there, Kieran Sheehan and Oshin Campbell. <laughs> so, so, so I went with Pat Spillane. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We'll move quickly along. Um, what is the worst rule in Gaelic football on the strength of this year's championship? Steps rule. Like there's no such thing as four steps. So like I mean, make it six steps. Like, but like let's let's not have a situation here whereby, you know, you're coming back to um you know, situations whereby you're sort of saying at at five, six steps, fellas breaking a tackle through its steps, or is it is it or is the referee giving them uh because it's a good move, play on. There's nobody taking only four steps now. And uh, I think that that could bring more consistency if they went to six steps, you know. Uh, the, the, the back pass to the goalkeeper is pointless. You know, I mean, I know it's a rule, but it's, it's, it does seem pretty pointless. And the, the advanced mark, uh, I think, uh, could be dispensed with for all of the uh, positivity it's given us, you know. Yeah, I, I I actually thought about the the, the back pass as well. Um, thought that's something that's just a little bit pointless. I see I see where they're going with it, but I just I don't know if it if it adds to what they're, they're trying they're trying to get from it. Um, but uh, yeah, the back pass for me. I I think I tidy up the the black card rules. I, I agree. By the way, I I don't like the offensive mark at all. But the framing of the black card rule, where <clears throat> it's arguable that. It was right not to send out or not to give Johnny Cooper a black card yesterday because the rule is to deliberately pull down an opponent. If pull if it's deliberately pulled back when there's a goal scoring opportunity, it's a different rule. Equally, uh, to deliberately collide with an opponent after he's played the ball away. So Robbie McDade, it's an it's, it was an arguable rule. I think the framing of those rules is really poor, and and needs to be tidied up as to as to what uh, what it is. Now the 2021 championship begins. The league begins in less in just exactly two months' time. Championship begins two months after that. It's Sunday, the 18th of July, 2021, for the All-Ireland Senior Football Final, just over six months away, all things being equal. Who will win that match? 
I'm doing the All Ireland next year. Yeah. Well, I'm gonna really put my neck in the lane here. I'm gonna say Dublin. Kieran. Um, I kind of have to say Cork, really. Um, if I'm gonna <laughs> say anything, but uh, look, it's very hard after watching Dublin yesterday. Um, and, and us debating it all year and you know <clears throat> trying to find chinks in their armor and, and trying to you know see if the, the pack is, is getting you know closer to where they're at but um, it's, it's very very hard to look past Dublin Stephen yeah well look again you know this is no different than what, what, what has been the same tune for the last six years at this this, this time of the year that they they remain the standard bears and you know someone's going to take them down there will be, there will be, Dublin will be beaten at some stage. Is it going to be in 2021? We, we don't know. But I think there's, I think, you know, Mayo will improve next year. I'd like, you know, Galway, Galway, you know, are Galway the Galway pre COVID or the, the post COVID? I think, uh, I think the, the, the to, to, to put more pressure on a Dublin, we need them to, to, to see them being the, the pre COVID team. Cork, can they, can they build on? Look, it's. I think it'll. Kerry probably are the are, are the are the team that, that uh, apart from Donegal, obviously, um, <clears throat> that have the um, Mayo. Those three teams are, are are still the teams. I think that are that, that have the ability to to to, to 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 come at them. But there's going to be some fun in the north uh, between over the next um, over the the months of April to to, to June between Star going into um, going into Armagh. The, the boys taking over in Tyrone, um, Monan I think will 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 be an interesting development with with Conor Laverty and Peter Donnelly. Gone, there'll be a big name sure added to their ticket, and things will be things will be tasty in Ulster as they probably have been for the last hundred years anyway. But um, I think I think see. I think Stephen's right. I think that the Tyrone one's the most interesting one for me, seeing how that develops. Yeah, are they are they the ones who might actually jump to the head of the queue of contenders here? Possibly, I think there's. I've already heard a lot of good things, which for an Armagh man is fucking sickening. But, uh, <laughs> but yeah, I, I've heard a lot of good things. Uh, so surely they think, can only be having Zoom meetings at this time. It's a closed season, Shane. <laughs> I've heard yeah. good things about those Zoom meetings. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I, I think uh, players are reinvigorated. I think there's a lot of players who were on the sidelines uh, for whatever reasons, and uh, they are back in the fold. And he's got a the, the biggest headache Jerome have is to try and whittle it down to thirty five or thirty players. You know, I was uh, there was a the GA sent out a document at the end of at the end of last week with the plans for next year and how would not the, the Super Eight aren't coming back. There is a, a qualifier system and the first line in it is intercount of the intercounty close season one is no return to collective senior intercounty training before January the 15th. I have to say that was quite amusing. Um we we're this is our last show for now anyway. Um thank you to Larry Ryan for everything he's done for us every week. Thank you also to Tony Lean for making it happen. Thanks to the guests who came on the show over the last three months especially Stephen who's come on twice huge thanks to uh, to Renault for making all this possible and finally it's been an absolute pleasure 
uh, to chat to these two lads, Kieran and, and Oshin, every week. And hopefully we can all get to sit in the same room sometime and continue the conversation. Happy Christmas, everyone. With Renault, official car partner of the GAA, taking the passion of a nation to a whole new gear. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.